fellow Christians. Koinonia, an association of people who share common beliefs and activities. This is Koinonia. This is Community. And now, your host, Tom Brown. I'm marveling that it is already the 9th of March, as I've made many mentions over the last 18 months or so. My calendar is flipping by very, 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 very quickly. Uh, in fact, the uh, bulk of today's program, we're going to be talking about the East Valley's Mayor's Prayer Breakfast. And it was at least four months ago that I said, hey, we should get together and talk about this on the program, and it literally has taken us this long uh, to make that happen. Also hoping to hear from uh, Gary Kinneman's son, David, and I'm sure David just loves being introduced as Gary's son since David is actually the director of Barna Research. Uh, They have a new book, uh, he and his uh, partner at, at Barna there, and they're coming to CCV on Thursday night to talk a little bit about their book as well, and uh, hopefully uh, they're in transit. You know how it is uh, when you're when you've got a a a twenty stop book tour over X number of days. They're super busy, so we're hoping to get them on the phone uh, right at the beginning of the uh, the first talk segment here, the second segment overall, and uh, then we're going to continue the uh, conversation. Kevin Hartke is going to join us, and uh, Kevin's been on the program a time or two. But uh, it's been a while, and I'm really looking forward to having him uh, in. I want to share some news with you that uh, the passing of somebody that you've heard on this program, you've heard uh, on this radio station a lot over the years if you've been a longtime listener. Uh, But uh, Gary Smalley passed away a few days ago. Uh, Gary was um, uh, in partnership with Focus on the Family. They did over... 50 programs, and you've heard his son Greg on Koinonia quite frequently here, and uh, we are very, very sad to hear uh, Dr. Smalley's actually been, uh, was sick for some time, and uh, I think it was a few years ago that um, Ms. Gotchich was in Hawaii at a family conference, and when she, she was on here with me shortly after that, she said, that he was not doing well then, but uh, what a legacy! And uh, his son Greg and and daughter in law, um, and, and there's so many. They've got ten uh, ten grandchildren, but um, his daughter Carrie and sons Greg and Michael, of course, lots of fans uh, here in the valley as the Smallies lived here, and the kids growing up. Uh, but there's going to be a memorial service on. Uh, the 19th at the College of the Ozarks Chapel in Branson, Missouri. And having been there, that's actually a very, very beautiful part uh, of the country and uh, a great, a great venue as well. But uh, prayers for the Smalley family. And uh, we're just, we'll probably have Greg on to talk about his dad's legacy here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, We'll let it rest a bit, but uh, Thank you for joining us today. Don't forget that the Aspire contest is still underway. So if you send an email to win at faithtalk1360.com, it's win at faithtalk1360.com, you'll be entered to win 10 tickets to the Aspire conference. 
Just for Women with Shante Fieldhahn, uh, Shannon Hoffpower, Carrie Pomerale, and our very own Mia Kane. Uh, it's a great event. You can take nine of your friends. And all you have to do to be registered to win these 10 tickets, send us an email, win at faithtalk1360.com. Put Aspire in the subject line. And then, of course, we'll need your daytime uh, phone number and any other contact information you can provide us. And Gene will be making that drawing Friday, letting people know this Saturday. You're listening to Koinonia on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. One of the best parts, the most fun for me, is not only bringing whoever God brings to the microphone to you, but I get to chat a bit uh, behind the scenes. And uh, Kevin Harkey and I, well, I was saying that David Kinneman is actually en route from like St. Louis to here, saying, well, that's where I grew up. And I I grew up in northeastern Oklahoma, and we just kind of... And then we found out we moved here within a year or so of each other. But, uh, Kevin, welcome to Koinonia. It's sure great to be here. Thank you, Tom. Uh, I'm going to have to let you do the curricula vitae for uh, everything that you do right now. But what uh, what brought you out here uh, to Arizona these 30-plus years? And uh, what does God have you doing now? We moved here in, in 85. Before that, we my wife and I spent five years working with a mission organization in which we took teams into uh, Indian reserves in northern Canada, and we would work with the people. We would uh, do Bible studies, build up the church, do youth programs. At one point, I found myself even uh, repping hockey games. And there was one time in one village called Agoki Post that that the chief had kicked me out of this village, and I had to wait because these are isolated places. And that next day, I was the one that kicked him out of a hockey game because of unnecessary roughness. I was the chief on that rink. <laughs> oh, that's a great story. It is so much fun with, you know, just God stories, right, where God puts you in uh, unique situations. That's really funny. Yeah, so we've been here for 31 years now, and I'm a pastor at Trinity Christian Fellowship in Chandler, Started out working as a staff pastor and have been the lead pastor since early 90s. I am a city council member and will be running for mayor, in fact, in the future, as well as the director of For Our City Chandler, which is a collaborative initiative that we bring together government and business and nonprofits and faith community to see what we can do in local communities to make them better. As I mentioned uh, off air Kind of the whole point for me personally uh, that I believe God has called me to this this position is, one, I delight in seeing God's people work together. Uh, I just love to see, you know, communing one with another. Uh, I, that's biblical, that the Bible tells us. Uh, that's kind of where the name Koinonia came from, passionate communion. Uh, and, and then the other thing is just putting a megaphone in front of people that God has called with a plan and a purpose. 
And I've always been excited to hear your story because another thing I talk about on the program a lot is people of faith's, in my opinion, obligation to be registered to vote, to be educated and vote their values. And I'm not telling people uh, as we get closer to election, I may say I would. Uh, this is my opinion. This is who I'm voting for. But I am less interested overall um, in who you vote for as long as you've spent time in prayer and researching the either ballot or the person you're voting for and that you're you're voting your values. You're voting what you think you should be doing as a person of faith. And I think that follows all along. I, I, uh, I just had this thought when you were talking that, that POTUS doesn't do potholes. Right. So <laughs> those, right. Are, those are local, but it, yeah. it's important all along because there are things that different jurisdictions of government will affect our lives and the things and our freedoms and what we're able to do. I, I say there's no unimportant elected office. Would you agree with that? I would definitely agree with that. School boards to city councils to state and certainly our our federal reps. Obviously, you're uh, aware of what's gone on in the uh, Phoenix uh, City Council with uh, prayer over the last couple of months. Definitely not an area that I personally would would want to be dealing with. But it's evidence of what we're talking about, no unimportant elected office. I would agree. And there is, certainly in this culture, there are efforts at work to restrict the work and the word of the church to just buildings. And when I speak of the church, we're not obviously talking about organizations, but what Jesus is doing around the country and in our community. And it's important as his co-laborers that we are the ones that that resist his word and work just being reduced to what happens inside to the, the sanctified halls of sanctuaries. Kevin Harkey is my guest uh, for the first part of the hour here. Actually, he's going to be around the whole hour. We don't know who else is showing up. We, we may have David over the phone. We may have Joe uh, in studio, or John, excuse me. But we have uh, so many things that you do. And, in fact, when I had you on the phone the very first time we met on the phone, I said, how do you even keep up with everything, uh, you know, as a pastor, as a government representative, as, a, as somebody that's bringing the community, the business community? And that's a lot of tasks. But I'm guessing that they all kind of work together in concert, too. You know, they do. I, I met with a group of elders from another church last night that were looking at getting involved. And and we had that same conversation, and I told them that it's my job to put a megaphone in front of you to help your church further its goals. And, and also what I told them is that I'm a light sleeper, my kids are grown, and uh, 60 to 70 hours a week are my norm. So wow. you just accept it, and if you like what you do, you don't work a day in your life. Sure. And the importance of uh, now I'm guessing that you have uh, times when you— uh, are criticized for being a pastor and being in politics. I mean, I know that comes up in conversations that I have, and I'm not either. Uh, but how do you answer somebody that says, well, gosh, I can't believe you're involved in po politics. You're a pastor. You know, the first time I ran, that became an issue, and people tried to make that an issue to squelch my voice. And it hasn't appeared at city council races since the first time because I've silenced my critics 
they see the ethics, they see the work, they see the initiative and the leadership, and it just silences them. But I like to tell people, uh, you don't know whether you want to invite me to your party if you have a rule that says don't talk about church or or, or politics, because those are my two worlds. I love to talk about faith, and I love to talk about politics, which is getting things done at all sorts of settings. And it, it is just amazing. Uh, I've seen... Uh, not only just as an observer of things God has put you in front of uh, to be able to move along. We're, we're supposed to work together. We, you know, we're as a community, we're supposed to serve each other. And uh, that's, you know, I, and I'm realizing uh, David Kinnaman is joining us as they're doing their book tour of good faith, being a Christian when society thinks you're irre- irrelevant and extreme. Boy, that, that's kind of hitting home right now, isn't it? Uh, David, welcome to Koinonia. Thanks for having me, Tom. Hey, David, wh- where are you? I told people you were some, you know, you were in the Midwest somewhere going between St. Louis. and th- where, where are you actually at? Yeah, we're just on the outskirts of St. Louis. We've been driving all day. Uh, we're, we're, we did a, uh, an event last night in Cincinnati, and uh, so now we're just getting into an event here in St. Louis. It's been amazing to see people's response to uh, this, this project so far. And so you're going to be here in the Valley tomorrow at uh, Christ Church of the Valley. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Tomorrow night. So, and you can get, uh, you can go online for tickets. Uh, we'll we'll send them to the Barna Group here in just a few moments. But I want to talk about this book. And just so you're aware, David, we have in studio uh, here, Kevin Harkey is pastor over uh, in Mason, also on the city council. And I had literally just asked him the question when you called in about, Gosh, what are you doing being involved in politics? You're a pastor. And that kind of speaks you're, – you're speaking to the how society treats us as, uh, uh, as Christians and people of faith now. As the director of Barner Research and all the, the, the research that you guys have done, give us a little bit of an overview of how this research is, you know, bringing the information for this book. Yeah, well, thanks for asking. You know, so what we did was we do social research looking at Americans' perceptions of, of faith and religion in our culture today, and we realized that two of these negative perceptions that are, are existing for Christians is that the, the Christian faith is uh, irrelevant. That is, it doesn't have much bearing on most people's lives in America today. Of course, as Christian listeners, you know, it's very relevant to us, uh, but for for most of American culture— Faith is really irrelevant, and that's been a kind of a slowly building trend in our culture that Americans can essentially be indifferent to it. And I'm sure Kevin, as a local pastor there, could could imagine. You know, people just find all sorts of reasons not to go to church, not to be a part. Uh, but then this new perception of extremist is growing within our culture, and there's a, an increasing percentage of Americans who say that religion is actually part of the problem. That Christians are part of the problem that our culture faces. And so we, we really delve into that perception through the research to try to understand why is it that they hold those views. Uh, and it's not just that, you know, irrelevance means you can ignore faith, but, but extremism means that you ought to see faith sort of stripped out of our public places. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's, it's great to hear Kevin's, you know, working in city council and working in a, in a way that sort of changes the perception of what a local pastor would do. Uh, but that's what we're we're experiencing now in terms of the the negative perceptions that Christians have today. David Kinnaman is my guest from Barner Research, and the book is Good Faith: Being a Christian When Society Thinks You're Irrelevant and Extreme. They're going to be uh, speaking you and uh, Gabe Lyons over at CCV 
tomorrow night. And uh, when we come back from the break, I'll give a, a few more details on that. But I would be remiss, David. Uh, your dad has hosted. He's guested with me. We spent a lot of time in the last couple of years palling around. And I had hoped to have time to get some really good stories on him. But that might take up the whole rest of the program, so we'll just stick to the book, okay? <laughs> that's fine. Well, I'm, I'm always happy to give you some goop on my dad if that's necessary. <laughs> we may have, we have to. I maybe have to bring a recorder tomorrow night and uh, just get it all on, uh, get it on good record. Uh, what does it mean to be uh, a good faith Christian? Uh, they, I mean, you know, that's uh, the the book, Good Faith. Uh, what is it? What does that term even mean? Well, part of the idea behind the project is to give people motivation and encouragement about the good things they're already doing, um, you know, to be through Jesus' work on the cross. But when we're in a skeptical culture, we have the the opportunity to respond to the skepticism by being people of good faith, by doing good works, by trying to encourage people. Uh, by by sharing, you know, my, my sister Sherry went to uh, visit an Iraqi refugee family at Christmas time and shared with them, uh, you know, food and clothes, and that was an act of good faith. And and Scripture is replete with these examples of ways we can be a good a, a force for good in our communities. Well, David, I certainly appreciate you taking a few minutes out of your uh, travel schedule today to join us here on Coinedia. I'm going to continue to give the information for the event tomorrow night. And uh, look forward to having you here in the, the sunny confines of uh, the Valley of the Sun here. Well, we can't wait to be there. It's going to be an important conversation. We look, to see, look forward to seeing you there. All right, David. Again, good faith, being a Christian when society thinks you're irrelevant and extreme. And I'll give details on how you can get your tickets for the event tomorrow night. As the conversation continues, you're listening to Koinonia. This is Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. All right, David Kinnaman there. If you want to go to the event tomorrow night, the easiest way that I can direct you there, because it's, you know, it's one of those Eventbrite, but to give you all that, just go to barna.org, B-A-R-N-A dot O-R-G, and you'll see the book there, uh, Good Faith. Click on that, and you can follow it to their speaking tour, and that leads you to an opportunity for reservation of your tickets. Uh, Again, thank you to uh, Kevin Harkey for uh, his graciousness and me interrupting his conversation, didn't tell him ahead of time uh, before he, he made the trip down here that David was going to be uh, joining us from St. Louis. Well, then when I said that, you said. I first met David back in the 80s, and I was a camp counselor. We did our churches, did camps together, and David was a serious high school student back then. And I remember conversations with him up in Prescott, and I've just admired his his continued walk and the difference he has made. Yeah, and it's a. I have been. Uh, I, I've been reading George Barnes stuff for I don't know twenty five twenty uh, longer. Frog in the kettle. Remember that, right? Book? Yeah. And, you know, there's just so many things, and it, it's all about information. Facebook is nothing more than an aggregator of information. Everybody thinks, oh, that's a neat social. No, Fa- Facebook is what it is. The way they make money is. Information, uh, societal information, trends, all of that. Barna Research, uh, they bring some vital information to the church that's useful for you if you're, you know, wanting to grow your youth department or you're wanting to super serve your community. 
actually the material they put out is incredibly helpful. I agree. They're a fantastic organization, and it was a smart move uh, to allow David to take the lead. Yeah, David's uh, – well, and then, you know, like I said, uh, Gary has been on this program a lot – and just a proud papa. I mean, it's in fact, I wish there was a way to have had Gary in here just to, uh, to have him in for the the conversation. Uh, one of the reasons that I wanted to have you in the East Valley Mayor's Prayer Breakfast. Uh, it's coming up next week, and I I just uh, these types of events encourage me. And having been now, there's I've been uh, to three total, but. On one of them, I didn't actually attend the event. I literally just went to kind of walk the grounds and pray while I was there because what I have felt personally and seen is that God honors when we draw together and put aside our differences and try to seek Him for the betterment of His children, whether it be in business or in religion or educate what well, it doesn't matter there is a certain uh level of uh, uh, a spiritual it, it's it's palatable it's tangible and so i'm excited you know when things like this happen tell us a little bit about where this started and uh, what it's grown to today and tom again you've got a seat at my table anytime oh, so great I remember a couple of years past, I think we were graced by your presence and being able to join us. But this is the fifth annual East Valley Mayor's Prayer Breakfast. It started a collaboration with the mayor in Tempe and, and John McCatton, the, at that time the president of Care, Inc., who started For Our City initiatives. And from there we went to Gilbert and Scottsdale and Mesa, and this year Chandler is the host. And it truly is a good collaboration between business, and we have a couple hospitals that are involved in education, a couple school institutions involved, and and churches and several governments, including, I believe, 12 to 15 mayors are going to be present, as well as uh, people of their staff. So it's it's a, a great collaborative event in which we truly do ask God into our presence and seek his wisdom and ask his blessings upon our valley and upon our cities. How is this received in the public when, uh, you know, the people that, uh, again, we we just had the conversation uh, with David, good faith. Uh, how, do, how does the, the public, the community look on an event like this? Well, I, I agree with what David said. And I think that the challenge for churches and people of faith is to be known for what you are for and not just what you're against. And that's what we get stereotyped for, is what we're against. Oh, you're those people that hate this or that don't do this. And our identity needs to be the fact that we are for people, that that the church has and continues to make a difference in all sorts of the the, the blights and plights of people in society. Mm-hmm. I just had on yesterday, we were talking about a care portal, where uh, basically it's 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 a it's a, a program that is going to allow churches to be able to serve um, government agencies that are in our community. And I, I, we can do this, right? The, the separation of church and state, for one, it's not in the Constitution, but functionally, you know, you don't have to ask permission to pray for somebody. You know, you don't have to ask permission uh, to go show up and support the local junior high soccer team just by with a big cheering section. 
You know, there are tons of things that the church can do to support the community. There's a lot of things businesses can do to support the community. There's a lot of things that government can do to support the community as well. But you know what? When we all work together, the dynamic changes, and it changes for the good. I agree with that. Years ago, the city of Chandler did a a study, hired in a guy, and they looked at what are the untapped resources in our community. And they looked at institutions and schools and governments and buildings. And one of the conclusions was was that faith communities, churches, were the un, biggest untapped uh, resource in our community, which makes sense. Churches are full of people that love to serve and have this mandate in their DNA, spiritual DNA, that says, I'm here to make a difference. And they have facilities that are somewhat unused during the week, and, and they have resources beyond those, whether it's leaders or our finances. One good way that we tapped into that Chandler a couple of years ago was we, we looked at a model to curb and eliminate homelessness that was being utilized in Tempe called iHelp, Interfaith Homeless Emergency Lodging Program. And we started this in Chandler three years ago, and now we have 17 churches that open their doors. So every night of the of the year, a church has opened their doors, and we have a shower trailer that a business fixed for us and a, a bus to haul people around. And in 2015, I think we had about 300-plus separate individuals that walked through the doors over 6,000 bed nights. And we have helped 157 of those get jobs and close to 100 get places to stay. And this is all because churches said, we care for you more than just noticing you and offering you a water bottle or a peanut butter sandwich. Mm-hmm. And it's made a huge difference. It's amazing uh, how reciprocal uh, some of these people that are in need when they become uh, active members of the community and not just a drain on the resources, but they they see that somebody cares, that gives them hope. And what does hope do? Hope gives you an opportunity to step up and start, you know, stepping into the creation that God made you. That's right. That's right. There was a, I, I think the, uh, the men's shelter in, in downtown Phoenix, they did a study a year ago with just one individual because he was uncared for and living on the streets, he logged in close to 50 or close to 100 nights in which he had to go to the ER for his primary medical needs. Wow. And that is a huge drain upon the community if that's the resource that he's using. So it was easy to say we could be smarter by, by meeting this individual's needs and helping him outside of that system. And it is amazing that... Uh, and I'm sure you see this uh, both as a pastor and as a leader in the uh, the political and the governmental roles that you have, that there are ways to get things done that don't include just throwing money at it. I sure agree. And at that one example I just gave you is is a fantastic example, is we, tw- pennies on the dollar, are able to provide quality care to get people out of homelessness, where if this was a, a normal government program in which you had to provide a facility and lots of paid staff, we're able to do it with volunteers and minimal staffing. And the same goes with when faith uh, institutions or churches get involved with schools, the amount of volunteers to help kids and mentoring and and reading or get involved in city programs, helping blighted neighborhoods or whatever the cause or call 
is that is that people of faith and faith communities do great things. Kevin Harkey is my guest. What do you see as a pastor the biggest obstacle of churches getting involved with the community? Because, like you said, the it's in the spiritual DNA of the person to to, to want to serve. But sometimes it seems like getting the church, a specific church, activated to participate seems to be. You know, they don't. I don't know if it's they don't know what to do or what. Do, what do you see as the major roadblock? I would say several, and the biggest one, unfortunately, resides within the church, not outside of the church. Maybe it's fear. Maybe it's a misrepresented message that says you shouldn't enter into this arena of mm. influence. But it's usually within the church. Sometimes it's just being consumed with their their own programs or their own goals, or you don't play well with others, so right. you stay in your church and you only do things that that you can dictate or lead. But what I've found, once you get outside of the, the beautiful walls of a sanctuary, there is a world that is looking for people to lead and looking for people to help. And how much better than people who have been called to do so by Jesus Christ and to take his love and name and prayer into this world. And, and sometimes I find that there are people in the church that are just waiting for their pastor to say, hey, we're going to support this organization, when in reality— there's no way a pastor can keep up with all the myriad of things that the, the the people in their church could be participating in. I mean, you know, obviously, shepherd, sheep, I get that. But, you know, if you're sitting in the pew, you don't necessarily just need to to wait until somebody tells you to go out and do something. I sure agree with that. And I think sometimes you're almost afraid, is this bigger than us, where Jesus calls mm. us to be huge in terms of our influence and love. And and sometimes maybe you're just not sure of who you should work alongside of. Uh, some churches don't work out well outside of their own walls or outside of their own denominations. I'm a big believer in, in common grace outside mm. that we're just to, to serve, and God will bring people alongside that we can serve with. Yeah, I think Hope Fest, uh, Billy Thrall and City Fest before that, uh, is a great example of what can happen when we kind of, you know, stop worrying about who's going to get credit or even who's going to be identified as participating. You know? I agree. Billy's great. Yeah, and, and Hope Fest, and, and we're obviously going to be talking about Hope Fest more as the weeks come along. April 16th is going to be on top of us before we know it. But everybody's in the same T-shirt, right? Everybody's just there to serve. And it's a beautiful thing. It's a truly, truly beautiful thing. Kevin Harkey, my guest, we're going to continue. This is Koinonia. You're listening to Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. This is Koinonia. Kevin Harkey is my guest from uh, Chandler, pastor, uh, city council uh, for our city, and I could go on. But uh, one of the things that we wanted to talk about that I mentioned at the very onset was the East Valley Mayor's Prayer Breakfast. And uh, we we kind of touched on it, but there's some specifics. Uh, This year you got a theme, and uh, and, and it's, it's really... Again, gratifying to me to see so many community leaders gather together and acknowledge uh, that it, we're better together. 
And this year, we're going to have more people gather than we have in any previous year. I think we're over 400 people right now that have signed up for this. And uh, you said that although we planned on doing this radio show months ago, this is probably the best time ever, one week before. Okay. So March 16th at 7 a.m., we are gathering at Chandler Gilbert Community College, which is at the corner of, of Pecos and Gilbert Road, a half mile north of the, of the interstate or the 202 and Gilbert. And we will gather to pray. Our theme is strong partnerships and strong communities. And we still have plenty of room for any listener to come and join us. This year, Mayor Tib Schraney is our host. And, and Mayor Jay has been a great mayor, and uh, he's been very supportive of this initiative, as well as our previous mayors in the cities of Gilbert and, and Mesa and Scottsdale and Tepe. So this is our fifth annual, and we'll see where we go next year. But we've already got over a dozen mayors that have committed to coming, as well as uh, leadership from the, the, the Gila, the Gricks, Gila River Indian community, and others, just to, to come and pray and invite God into our communities. Now, I know last year at my table or at the table I was at, uh, one of the chiefs of police. So you have other leaders from all different sectors within government uh, participating in this what are some stories that you've heard after some of these events? I, you know, I, I know initially there was some people that were really surprised that uh, that people were getting together for this, much less that they would actually be working together. It's like, uh, aren't you rivals or, you know, or whatever. But what what are some stories? Well, that's that's a great story in itself, is it? it, it again, it's tearing down the competition to say we're here to serve this community and and, and doing it well means that we're on the same side. One of the things that was great last year in particular is we had a gentleman by the name Doug Griffin and his organization Advanced Strategy Lab that put together this uh, platform in which we could instantaneously gather data. So every table had a computer laptop setting there, and we had a number of questions asking individuals their thoughts on how we can best serve and what are some opportunities. And within a week, we had a 40-, 50-page document that gave us a, a high-end summary as well as well over 500 comments that we were able to look at and, and say, here's some things that we can work on better. And one of them that came out of this that was announced a year ago by Mayor Giles of Mesa was a Veterans Homeless Initiative. And to that end, after that, we started something that was initiated by his office and Congressman Salmon's office in which their city started sharing these VASH coupons for veterans, which was a, a housing coupon to help veterans get off the streets. And that was just one small piece of a collaboration that came from there, as well as reinforcing the different for our city initiatives in these cities of what are best practices that we can share around the East Valley. I know one of the things, just from a, a psychological standpoint, the best way to get me to buy into your uh, event or whatever it is you got, ask me questions. You know, I, I, if you actually want to hear from me, I'm going to be much more prone to listen to you, you know, when you make a suggestion. I just think that's brilliant. And the, the way you did it last year, it's phenomenal. It will be pretty similar this year. We'll have a half hour specifically dedicated for what we call table to table talk. And we're getting away from what I would call the sage on the stage model in which mm. we just listen 
to a speaker because we have a room full of experts and a room full of experience of people that both have questions and answers to help us make the East Valley as well as the greater Valley a greater community. We will have several mayors from the West Valley that are joining us this year and council members and cities. And who knows, maybe in a year or two, we'll have a, a West Valley mayor's prayer breakfast as well. It, it's amazing to me how when, again, I and it, you know I talk about this all the time, communing one with another, but the one of the aspects when you're serving the community, the number of times that I've seen as a third-party observer of two or three different organizations trying to do the same thing and they have no idea these other two organizations are doing anything where just by them being in the same room at the same time, they exponentially uh, increase their impact in the community because they learn from each other. I agree. Yesterday, we had our first meeting for 2016, what we call Chandler's Operation Back to School. And this initiative started about five years ago when I had a room full of leaders and I asked them, how many of you hand out backpacks? And every one of them raised their hand. And then I asked, how many of you work with anybody else? (laughs) And nobody raised their hand. And that... That started something that this year we will hand out four or 5,000 backpacks at Chandler High School and have close to 50 to 70 churches and organizations working together to make sure that, that we can do a better job at the 10,000-foot level rather than handing the same kid a stuffed backpack for $25 and have them sell them for five to get a hamburger because they've managed to pick up a dozen of them. Right, and it's just it's a better use of resources. I think people are encouraged when they get to work with others and they see the positive impact that comes from a, a backpack drive like this. And you can just accomplish so many greater goals and tasks if you'll, if you'll get out of churches, out of our sanctuaries, and just see who's doing something and how can I join that operation rather than just try to duplicate on a small scale and then compete with them rather than collaborate and, and make a larger community impact to see the difference that you can make. Kevin Harkey is my guest. Again, let's get the information. If somebody wants to attend the prayer breakfast uh, next Wednesday, how do they go about doing that? The best way to sign up is is to the East Valley Mayor's Prayer Breakfast is to get on your computer and log into evmpb.org, and that'll take you to a registration page. Chandler Chamber of Commerce is handling all of our registration, and they will make sure that you get there. We've still got room. I'll be meeting with the chamber tomorrow, and we'll be doing all those wonderful table designations of who's going to sit where. And have you been surprised by some of the uh, the uh, conversations that you've had personally? Because you're very connected. You're one of the most connected uh, pastors slash political uh, or governmental uh, people that I know. Have you been surprised by some of the relationships and connections that have been made at these events personally? I, I sure have. I. It's always an honor to walk into a room and, and see people who have been doing great things that I've learned from and and see them be the leaders and wanting to work together. And this year we are doing something that we've never done before as we're honoring an icon in the East Valley, a man by the name of Rock Arnett, who's been the CEO and president of an organization called East Valley Partnership, which is a an instrumental organization that's brought and expanded businesses all throughout the East Valley, who's also a, a, man, a devout man in his faith 
and we're honoring him as a father of the faith. And this will be the first time that we hand out that award. That's cool. And it is something that we can all look forward to, and that's working together. Uh, I'm so tired of us uh, being, and maybe it's just uh, maybe it's just election fatigue, Kevin. Maybe I'm just already <laughs> finished. I've I've been off uh, Facebook all this month, a whole nine days, uh, and other social media. It, it just it seems like we are the norm is to beat each other up. It sure does. And one of the things that I'm excited about this year is is we've been able to reduce some of the cost by meeting with Chandler Gilbert Community College, who has graciously just donated their facility. And and Doug Griffin has donated his expertise. And and so we're going to be able to do a lot more in terms of helping a number of nonprofits. And one of them is we're going to be providing scholarships to Chandler Gilbert Community College for homeless students. That's great. As well as helping families who are experiencing homelessness to meet their educational needs in in Chandler, working through an organization called Fans Across America. So we are focusing on how can we help the underprivileged, and we're going to do a better job than we ever have before this year. Uh, the website, again, is evmpb.org. Correct. East Valley Mayor's Prayer Breakfast.org. Uh, we've got two minutes before the break, and then when we come back for prayer, what would you like to uh, say to the people to encourage them to participate this year? Well, if you are a person that believe in prayer, and not just prayer closet prayer, but but gathering with others to cry out to God and to and to and to rub shoulders with people who have a passion to do the same, then this is a place to be. Sure, there's going to be great networking and and leaders, not just from cities, but I think several of our legislators and and other reps from senators and congressmen will be there. But it's just. I believe that when we come together to pray and seek God's face, that he shows up. I can give a personal testimony that this is a a place to go. This is an event to attend where you will have a palatable, a tangible uh, acknowledgement of God's blessing. Uh, I've I've experienced it personally. And I have yet, last year, I didn't know a single person when I sat down at my table. But by the time I got up, I had at least three people that I still communicate with to this day that I would have had no connection with at all had I not been at this event. And we were joined by one thing, and that is a willingness to serve the community with whatever talents, gifts, access God has given us. Well put. That's beautiful. It's it's a simple concept. It's really a simple concept. But if you don't show up, just kind of like the church, if the church doesn't show up, if the organization doesn't show up, if you don't show up, then nothing happens. That's one of those uh, real easy math things. If you don't show up, nothing happens. I think this year we will see some new initiatives that will that will define outreach for churches, that will aid communities and make a difference in people's lives as a result of, of the conversations and initiatives that will rise out of this breakfast. We'll give the information for how you get your tickets when we return, and I'm going to have uh, Pastor Harkey also pray for us. You're listening to Koinonia. This is Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. 
Again, the website, evmpb.org. That stands for East Valley Mayor's Prayer Breakfast.org. If you want to get tickets, it's next Wednesday. Highly encourage. And you, you may have heard me very delicately. I haven't mentioned that I'm specifically going to be there, although I really wanted to be. Right now, I'm on the list for civil service. I have jury duty. <laughs> that morning. So we're going to pray real heavily for Tuesday night that I'll get the call that I don't have to be there. Uh, but uh, we're really looking forward to this. And, and I, I want uh, Pastor Harkey to pray for us as we always do here at the end of Koinonia and also pray for this event as well. Pastor. Thank you, Tom. Lord God, I, I thank you for this radio program and for the opportunity, Lord God, to encourage, to inspire, and and even to bring your word in the situations where it is desperately needed. I pray that you would continue to do so. And as we continue to ramp up and prepare for this breakfast coming up, I ask, Lord God, that you would bring folks that even right now are, are wondering, can they do this? Should they do this? I thank you, Lord God, for the power of prayer and when God's people gather together. We pray for our cities and these 12 cities or so that are represented and ask, Lord God, that you would bless these cities, that you would bless these mayors, that they they would be strangely warmed, that, that curious phrase describing historically of people having a, a divine encounter with you. And I ask, Lord God, that cities would be places where churches can prosper and find service and opportunities to make a difference and not just be relegated as religious institutions. So we ask your blessings across cities across this valley, on the east and the west and the north and the south. And we thank you, Lord God, for your plans and purposes and your great love for this great city. So we ask that we would move and respond in your love and in your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Pastor, thanks for being here. Looking forward to having you again, because it'll be on us before we know it, right? Absolutely. Thanks again. This is KPXQ.